0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Hello, how are you? Happy Pride.
0: Yes, and to you
1: as well. You guys are, Um, are you guys done Pride now? What's your schedule? Because Toronto is just like starting up.
0: We are in it, I think. Um, Oh, oh, okay. I believe Brooklyn was last week as of this recording. And I think this sort of big New York Manhattan thing, I believe, is... Oh, you Still sound so invested. Come. So I am like, so <laughs> uh, I'm betraying my Okay, it's not that I'm not invested in Pride. It's that I'm not invested in going outside. So basically Right, 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 right. right. Also, also the other <laughs> thing about me is that I'm not on Facebook and so um what that means is that uh I don't know when anything you don't is get happening. to things, right? <laughs> That's it's it's like right. a You know, I went off it because I was like, "Oh, it's one less thing to check." I I uh, closed down my tumblr around the same time because i was like i'm not really using these they're just like a source of time suck so like i'm just sticking right. to twitter that's good enough for me um but the thing <laughs> twitter is
1: sucks enough time as twitter it sucks that's enough time sure. on its
0: own but like <laughs> yeah no i don't know when anything is happening anymore um uh-huh. it's a whole oh, thing
1: so you, you're not you don't have anything you've got to do oh okay for pride all right yeah I, by the way, I was listening to other episodes, and uh, more than once I heard you refer to people who are, like, an irony level below you, so I'm as basic as I <laughs> <I'm gonna> get <laughs> I'm going to get super excited about no, things please. to the point where, like, your eye rolls will be audible on the podcast. <laughs> oh,
0: God. No, I don't want to be that person. I love... I I aspire to earnestness and i okay um, i feel like irony for a lot of people including myself functions as a protective shield against disappointment and against engaging with the real (laughs) messy often complicated world and i want to be a kind of person who can be earnest about things and when other people are i find that really charming so um so please get excited
1: (laughs) no not, not at all please get excited what are you doing for pride uh what am I doing for Pride? Unfortunately, I have a conference right in the middle of it, so I have to Oh, you're from you're, you're from around here. I, so I have to go to Stratford in the middle of the the week. Oh. Uh which means I'm missing the night that I was most excited about, which is when um Sasha Valour and Shea Coulee and Peppermint and Trinity were all going to perform. So, I guess they still are going to perform even though I won't be there, which I think is very rude. Mm. But <laughs> but I'm missing that night. Um so that's Thursday. The Queer Symphony Orchestra is performing on Wednesday, which I'm super excited about. Um, Friday is the Drag Race finale. Are you a Drag Race person? I remember. <sighs>
0: so this is embarrassing. I have uh-huh. <laughs> never
1: seen an episode of Drag Race. What? I just I just kind of
0: pretend. I like sort of nod when people are like talking about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, Valentina. Is it, is it an
1: anti-reality TV? No, or is it's it like... just
0: a, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's not just reality TV. Like basically uh-huh. any TV, I'm like I don't have the attention span. It's not that I think I'm too good for it. It's honestly that right. sitting down and watching something is very difficult for me. I get distracted oh, okay. very fast. Um,
1: so well, I mean, Drag Race is good. For, well, I always watch it at the bar, so it's like I miss half the things they say. But then I actually go home and meticulously rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> So it does invite sort of it's like, you can watch it with exactly as much attention as you Mm. like. Um, But I love it's like every I'm not a reality TV guy usually, Mm -hmm. but it's like every reality TV show at once. So (laughs) so it's like, oh, they're going to sew everything or they're going to film some kind of competition. There's they're like catfighting. So it's like it's an interesting season too. like, um, are you like in do you like are you interested in the scene at all? Because I understand Brooklyn is like crazy right now for drag. Um, well, I,
0: theoretically, I am. I'm um, practically, again, the not going outside does impinge right. upon my ability to enjoy <laughs> these kinds of things. But, um, but yeah, no, it sounds like, like for my, my TL, um, uh-huh. there, it seems like to have been popping off lately. So yeah, that is very it's very exciting. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're missing out. I mean, it's nine seasons. If you're not catching the bus Oof. yet, I don't think. <laughs> I, oh.
0: There's, yeah, the number of pop cultural phenomena that I've missed out on because I've just been too lazy. It's, like, deeply ironic that I I am too lazy to watch TV.
1: But And uh, do you just, like, ride the wave? Like, you just, like, wait for your interest to be piqued by something? Do you ever do the, like—because I have friends who, like, work in, like, they've got to write their articles. So they have to sit there. One of them compared to being, like— that episode of I Love Lucy where she's at the chocolate factory and she's just like <laughs> popping them in her mouth like yeah <laughs> they got to watch everything that's on Netflix so it's you just like let it come when it comes like what kind of yeah, stuff Yeah, I mean do?
0: I god um I mean I think that's so true like I know a lot of people I know are so tapped into a lot of stuff because they are doing freelance writing and they have to crank out articles um Yeah, yeah. So definitely. my thing lately is I start watching things when I someone wants to talk about them on one of my podcasts (laughs) so maybe i'll start watching uh drag race now but like especially with the dad feelings podcast someone will be like right oh i want to talk about a character from steven universe and i'll be like i have never seen steven universe so maybe we have to sit down and watch some episodes of the show um and right (laughs) (laughs) and that has been working i feel like
1: i feel okay i've listened to like Four of your your podcasts, and I feel like every single one you mentioned how you have not watched Steven Universe. <laughs> oh my god! So. <laughs> but I have now. I have seen some of it. That's no longer true. Okay. I've seen some
0: of it, and that episode. And What was the verdict? Um. The... Well, I've only seen about a half a dozen episodes, but I liked but the first it. First
1: half a dozen? Like, no, no. Or it's were you um. Around?
0: Well, I my friend and roommate and uh, friend of the show Eric Thurm. Was mm. basically curating a set of episodes for me because he wanted to talk oh, about okay. the dad, like Greg universe. So, right, right. Um,
1: we you, just did. You watch the one where it was him and Pearl having like it was a musical where yes. they were just like singing about oh, isn't it?
0: So I good? love like. that, and like also people, you know, because people always talk about like oh, this show is so. Like, so queer, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then I actually watched it, and I was like, oh, my God. They actually, this is what kids' TV is like in 2017. You you can just literally have, like, a lesbian relationship. Like, that's, and you can talk about, like, the complexities of, like, like, bi stuff and, like, poly stuff. And it's like, wow, that's
1: cool. Like, that's fucking awesome that kids get to see this stuff. Yeah, I can't believe it took, like, some... I mean, I love the shows, but I like—I can't believe it took some like dumb cartoon for me to finally see somewhere on screen that like incredibly complicated feeling of like this straight person doesn't like me, <laughs> and <laughs> what do I do with that? And like, who do I hate for this? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I had the same experience with the Fosters, uh, where it's like uh, the show centers around like this lesbian couple, and it's like it's like on the Family Channel, like it's ostensibly for like younger like tweens. But it was that show, it was the first time I saw, um, like, one of the character's parents is quite uh, bad about dealing with her sexuality, just sort of, like, passive-aggressive about it. And she, like, disinvites him from the wedding because she hates that this voice is always in her head that's, like, this is actually just, like, a joke. This isn't real. And I don't want that energy at my wedding. And I was like, whoa, I've never... Like I felt those feelings, but never seen it somewhere before. And it's like these kids are going to be so amazing, like a whole generation of kids that has like a vocabulary that I had to like dig out of a dumpster, you know, like they're just coming <laughs> to terms with it like in public instead. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how badly these people are going to surpass us. <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> I, for one, am excited to be made obsolete.
1: Yes, exactly. I can't wait to be in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> Just throw Just me like in the garbage. Everyone's like ancient problematic dad. <laughs> 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 oh, speaking of dad feelings. So I have to ask um, about, did you see the Dream Daddy game yesterday? I did see that actually. Um, uh, what some, are your thoughts? <laughs> well, someone I know
0: worked on it. Um, oh, really? So, so you Jan had this like... Jan Weedle, um, is uh one of the artists on it which is super cool it looks I, amazing it looks really cool i haven't dug uh dug deep down into it so i'm not really sure like what it's all about and like who's working on it because it is the kind of thing where like you know it's the kind of concept where like i think depending on who's making it it could skew way jokier than i right. would want it to like yeah. there's a, a line there right because you want it to be jokey to some extent you want it to be funny but you don't want the yeah. idea of dad's to fucking to be a joke needle.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has to be a very... You're threading a very weird needle there. Um, It's like that thing on looking where they're, like, developing the app and, like, they're, like, trying to make, like, this fun, sexy, like, gay fighting app and, like, half the community turns on them because it's like, you've just, like, played to every stereotype. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it looks, it looks like the art looks amazing. I had the same, I had the experience where I was like, hey, look at this, everybody. And like every person I follow has been working on it, apparently. yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It looks like they've made some serious effort. Like the art looks invested in the, I don't know if they nailed every archetype, the dad archetypes. So there's like, I'm looking at the picture right now and there's like goth dad, which is not a type I'm super familiar (laughs) with. (laughs) Uh, There seems to be like, evil like sinister alcoholic dad which seems a little dark uh apparently there's teacher dad uh, Mm -hmm. and bad dad and then there's like like the chubby like irish goofball dad one with like a fash haircut which makes me a little nervous but i'm not sure if this is all the dad types or not yeah um it looks amazing do you have
0: you played any of like any of those kinds of games? Like, are you a dating sim person?
1: No, I've never played one in my life. I don't know how it works. I know that everyone <laughs> everyone I know uh, was into that, um, uh, the Kardashian one for a long time.
0: Oh, the, the mobile
1: them. game. Yeah. Are you into these games? I'm not good um, at games. Well, I guess you have to be. <laughs>
0: well, okay. Well, here's, uh, th- I guess two things. Um, I am sometimes, I'm into some of them. I played one recently that, I've just been gushing about for a while. It's by my friend Christine. Uh, it's called Lady Killer in a Bind, and it was like a really smart, funny, um, sexy take on the whole genre. Um, uh-huh. but you don't need to be good at games to play them, which is kind of the nice thing. Like, like dating sims are typically, they're not like Twitch based. Um, right. Like basically, what it usually boils down to is you having like it's a lot of reading it's having conversations like characters having conversations and then you making decisions Um, right so it's just
1: a movie that you control you'd like steer right yeah yeah, essentially
0: and some of them are more complex in like the ways that they deal with choices and like player input and stuff but but like some they can skew from you know kind of dark and and complex to sort of very light and fun um right and actually there's like a few like the whole like gay dating sim genre um, hasn't really been super popular outside of japan but like these i think we're seeing different kinds of games now because a lot of those games were more in the genre of just like kind of really femmy boys um who uh-huh. are who are, oh, o- yeah, right, who are right, often right. heterosexual stand-ins which like is like its own thing and like i think is is interesting in its own way but um th- these right. kinds of like uh, but it's not
1: the same it's not like coming from a place of like actual understanding of like even the even the like rudimentary mechanics of being gay right like, right well, it's I a different to... <laughs> kind of
0: kind of uh kind of depiction for sure but like there have been smaller ones uh like this over the past few years there's one gay dating sim that I don't remember the name of um, but there was another one by uh my friend art decade called uh, Willy willie bear beach which was uh it's furries but it's it's like a gay furry dating sim that's just like a really cute like <laughs> like friendly carefree kind of thing um right so there are people doing some of the stuff but it's cool to see it like really popping off in a big way now
1: right i feel like i've spent the last like three years sort of trying to come to grips with what I suspect is, like, my latent furriness, like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and right now the major holdup is, like, I don't like to be hot, and I don't like to put in a lot of work, so I feel like maybe I just have to be, like, an observer of the, like, phenomenon, but, like, (laughs) I definitely grew up, like, I had this werewolf action figure from the Ghostbusters that I still, had, like, a tie, please, if anyone's listening to this, Google werewolf Ghostbusters, and you will find the action figure, and I was, like, it's very alarming that I was, like, as a Oh, my child, God. Like, oh, I love no. this guy.
0: This guy is <laughs> right? awesome. He's, like,
1: like, what's his story? Like, he goes to work <laughs> at the bank, and then he, like, turns into a werewolf at night. I'm into that. Yes, please. <laughs> I love the sort uh, of
0: torn shirt and pants, but the tie yeah. is, like,
1: pristine. Also, I'm a sucker for blue. It's, like, a nice, like, blue-on-blue blue ensemble that I really like. He's got his, like, his... jeans, and then, like... yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man that's
1: oh, so no. good 16 minutes in and i've revealed too much psychologically <laughs> no
0: that's i think the
1: marker at which this usually happens but um
0: <laughs> the thing about first uh, stuff that i've learned is like um because a lot of my friends are furries and like go to cons and right. stuff and like obviously like any subculture there are pockets of it that are horrible so like there are right nazi furries um which is right super alarming but there's like also just like these awesome really welcoming like fun party communities that like i think most people probably don't have fursuits because like you they you know don't want to put in a lot of effort don't like being hot right.
1: and don't have the money too because they can be expensive but like and i don't want to explain to my dry cleaner like what's going on <laughs> here, right? <laughs> right but i think like most people will just like
0: you know hang out in like um at cons or like get like commissioned right. art done of their characters is like a big thing yeah um i think that's amazing That's so this, cool this, like,
1: this idea of having like an alternate avatar of oneself um though my one of all my, oh, my all time favorite videos online at all like if I'm sad and I need to feel like better is um did you see when the uh the Syrian refugees in Canada were at the same hotel as the furry convention? Yes, and it's just oh man, and it's just like all these little kids like delighted by these costumes and like singing and like playing with them. It's amazing. I love that video so much it's so good <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, uh so i just realized while talking to you just now that the that streaming thing twitch is because games are twitch based is that a thing that's like a term oh
0: my twitch god based? i never thought of it like that but i guess that's probably <laughs> why
1: yeah oh see i'm such a luddite i don't know anything about i had just got a ps4 oh um, wow
0: so you're joining the so, the, the new era
1: but I'm not a gadget guy, so I don't know like what the stuff I was talking. I ran into um, uh, one of the local Queen's Ivory Towers, who's amazing. And if you're in Toronto, you should go check out Ivory. But she said, I need to play this game. OK, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's like in this like weird medieval setting. But it's also like you have a bow and arrow, but it's also like the future. So you're like in the wreckage of like, this oh, sci-fi world.
0: Um, God, why do I know this stuff? Um, Horizon gone? Zero Dawn.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Have you played that? You haven't played no, that.
0: No, I don't play a lot of games lately. But I know about them because literally everyone I know
1: either writes about them <laughs> or makes <like, laughs> videos
0: about them, or like right.
1: you know. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm not in the I'm not in the culture. Like I I have so far I have the new Mass Effect because I loved the trilogy, uh, although I hear mixed things about the fourth one. I don't know if that's true. I'm like I. Like when you were like, "Oh, you just click through and make decisions," I'm like, "Yes, that's all I want to do." Yeah. Like not... <laughs> so whenever people are like, "Oh, the gameplay," I'm like, "I don't notice." Like when I black out <laughs> during the, I black out during the fight scenes in every movie I go to see. Like I have no idea <laughs> what. Like...
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I liked in um. There's, I think, in the second or third Mass Effect, they sort of really. They added the option to really tone down like the, the combat and stuff and just make it more yeah. of an interactive story, which is like, yeah, that's what I want. I don't want to be shooting the same robot for like 10 hours. Yeah. Like that's not interesting I, to me.
1: I'm willing to die like twice fighting a boss. And if, I have to, <laughs> if I have to die more than that, I'm just like, I'm going to throw your game into the trash. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, and the other one I bought was Overwatch, which I'm delighted by right now. Played that one.
0: I actually I did I owned a ps4 for about five months and um Uh one of the reasons that I did was for overwatch and um my problem is though that I have a bit of an anger problem sometimes (laughs) so I would be playing it like I think that game is really if I were going to play it again I would try and do it exclusively with friends because i would just be playing with strangers with the like with the voice chat turned off and so i wasn't interacting (laughs) with anyone and then like when we won i would be like oh cool we won and then when we would lose i would be like i'm furious like why did i start (laughs) doing this like at best my mood is maintained from when i started playing so like right that's my problem but do you are you able to just kind of like enjoy it
1: i'm not good i'm not bad at the um I'm not bad at being competitive like I really don't like I'm happy to like go to a game night and like cheerfully lose for like three hours you know like it doesn't my sisters are not (laughs) good at that though like um one of my sisters once slapped the other during a game of Risk (laughs) like uh we played the Battlestar Galactica game and it always which is amazing but which always ends oh I love that game so much but I can't play it because I'm surrounded by these type a personalities just like (laughs) go for each other's eyes like you can end a relationship playing that game um (laughs) but overwatch i'm very cheerfully happy to just like run around and like i'm really into may right now the little like super cute mr freeze character oh she's so good Um, oh she's great i like diva I just figured out how to play as Lucio like last night. So I'm loving that. He just like skates around healing people, which is like my like that would be my perfect job. In life. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> just cranking
0: out like sick beats to make people feel yeah, better on like, roller
1: skates. Just like a mobile DJ who like makes people's <laughs> lives better. That seemed perfect for me. I would be into that. <laughs> um, but that's my that's those are my games right now. Uh, and I guess Dream Daddy soon. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's exciting. Yeah, I mean God Overwatch is so interesting because like to me, like from someone who is sort of not deep into the industry but like knows uh-huh. a lot about it, it is like the perfect product. Like the amount of of work that went into to making this something that appeals to so many people and not just right. like playing it because like there is a huge percentage of Overwatch fans um mm-hmm. just anecdotally speaking that don't even play it that they're just like they, they're they into the characters and so like they've oh, created this it's... game that is like appeals to people who just like want fun characters and also appeals to people who want like a competitive like action game and i'm just like oh my god this is like yeah, like I do, of engineering i knew
1: every character's name before i put that game into my into my, into my right my playstation like same um and they're so well designed and so thoughtful about like um well even at like a basic like representational level but also like um it's weird because the game has no plot right like there is no kind of like progression of story um but there is i was talking to a friend uh about this it's like what it's very good at and like what makes it so enjoyable is that with even without a plot it's created so much lore for itself like there's nothing that happens when you play the game, but so much has happened before you play the game, right? Like every character has this weird relationship to each other. They all kind of have this history. There's like, you're in the rubble of some kind of like matrix style conflict between these robots and these people. And it's like, you just kind of glean bits of the story through playing, um, through like the storytelling of the landscape and like the character designs and like the like attitudes they have. Um, that just like invites you to fill in the gaps, right? That invites yeah. this sort of like fan community to like tell stories about these characters, imagine what their relationships are. It's also like not really good about like I wouldn't call it queer baiting, but it's not good about like <laughs> defining I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, there's I a do. there's a way to queer bait and there's a way to just sort of very carefully leave something blank for you to fill in, you know? Um and I don't know I don't know how even how to how to parse the difference except maybe just like when you trust a creator, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure, but I, I'm loving it.
0: Yeah. Like I, and that, I, I do like the setting and like the whole world. It, it feels very unusual to me to be like post, mm-hmm. like post some kind of like global conflict. And, but it's not post apocalypse. It's not in the midst of a huge war. It's sort of right. this, it's kind of a more hopeful setting than like a lot of kind of similar games and, and movies, which I really appreciate. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm really over any sort of I'm done with Gritty. I can't believe it's 2017 and I'm still dealing with the 90s. Like, like I have no patience for post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, what I do have a lot of energy for is, like, post-post-apocalyptic stuff. Like, Mad Max, Fury Road, you know? Like, where you're in a space of apocalypse and are now not just surviving, but trying to build something new, you know? Like, something right. that is earnestly trying to be in a space. And Overwatch too, like... Get this sense of like communities of robot and human living together. You get this sense of like there's something to fight for. Whereas I have no patience for like a like a, a TV show, The Walking Dead. Like oh yeah oh we're just trying to survive. Like I take um have you seen Single Man the Tom Ford movie? Yeah yeah yeah. You remember the scene? There's a scene where um uh, Colin Firth's character is talking to Lee Pace, uh, and Lee Pace is like the quintessential like straight he's like a fellow professor and he's like got a wife and 2.3 kids which is really funny if you know any of the roommates but (laughs) but he has this moment where he's like it's the 60s so he's like got a um, uh like a bomb shelter and he's like well you got to be prepared if the end comes um there's no and he says there's no in the world to come there'll be no room for sentiment and Colin first just shrugs and he says, uh, a world without sentiment is not a world I want to live in. And it's like, mm. I really believe that, too. Like, <laughs> I'm not interested in a game where it's just about surviving for su- or stories where it's just about survival for survival's sake. So why I love uh, Battlestar so much, too, right? Like, we have to be worthy of survival is sort of the thesis of that uh, pilot episode where he's like, it's not enough just to survive, right? Were you a fan or did you just play the game?
0: Um I did watch uh I think the first season and a half of Battlestar for some reason I fell off but um I did I enjoyed it. I mean I do like any kind of story that asks those questions because I think those are right. the hard the hard ones to to ask. Like I think it's easy you know it's superficially difficult to to just like depict people struggling to survive um yeah. and like making difficult choices but really the more difficult choices are like how do we structure A society in a way that is is good to live in like those are the hard things right yeah Um, and
1: i think that embedded in in these weird like zombie stories is like the fantasy of like well what if you what if you didn't have to consider the person who's opposing you's humanity and you mm. could just blow them away you know like i think that that is a very sick strain and i do think there are good zombie like 28 days later is a great zombie movie um But I think that it's 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 a cultural trope that is for something that has too often become just like this fantasy of revenge and this fantasy of delighting in your own inhumanity because you've stripped it away from people you don't want to have to deal with anymore. You know,
0: absolutely. And I think, too, a lot of post-apocalypse narratives are kind of analogous to like wild west uh stories yes. in that they're yeah. about this fantasy of open space that is depopulated or or not or was never populated and uh just just having free space not having the burdens of a family or society and sort of just be, it being you and your gun and that sort of being the right. law right
1: right yeah um and i mean there are good i like i again like there are good ways to tell that story like do shane or i i I mean i loved logan which is basically a wild west story right Mm -hmm. like but um the stakes of that are still like uh a good person fighting against sort of a wicked society and that i can that i can process a bit better than the sort of the weirdness of just like well i just kill people because that's how i stay alive like a good western has something that he some some core values that he believes in, right? Or or she, I guess. Winona Earp is on the air, so I should probably give that a go. Um, but yeah, there, I don't know. There's a there's if you enjoy zombie stuff, by all means. But I I don't I don't know I never know how to slice that cake. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's uh, it's I think they're not um not for me typically. But, um right, but you are big into superhero stuff.
1: I am, I'm so into superhero stuff, but, <laughs> because for the opposite reason, right? Like, um I love I love, even though there is sort of this strain of the fascist in superhero stuff, what I love is the fantasy of, um, someone who is good and just always good and leads through that example. Um, Grant Morrison in his book. Uh, about superheroes, talks about how uh, in World War II, there were two great inventions. One was the atom bomb, and one was the far greater invention of Superman, right? Like, Superman is the opposite of the atom bomb. Superman is optimism made into, like, an avatar. Um, Grant Morrison's a little kooky. He also believes he literally met the avatar of Superman once on, like, a subway platform. (laughs) (laughs) But that, to me, is, like, what superheroes are for, is sort of imagining... Um, a new kind of ethic and a person who could show you how to live that ethic, which is why I'm so frustrated by the Zack Snyder Superman movies, but so delighted by Wonder Woman. Did you see Wonder Woman? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you have to go see it. It's, um, it is maybe the perfect superhero movie, uh, which is astonishing to say because DC has really been making some clunkers. Oh, absolutely. Lately. Yeah. Um, and cynical films. And, like, to see Wonder Woman sort of be unabashed in standing for something is really a pleasure. There's a sequence where she um, she, basically <laughs> she basically, like, unties the knot of World War One. They're, like, they're stuck in the standoff in these trenches. Uh, and Chris Pine's character's like, that's the no man's land. No man can go out there. And, of course, it's, like, the, the Tolkien moment, right? <laughs> like, well, she is no man. And she, like, rushes onto the... Uh, Uh, the no man's land and like takes this town and it's like i just sat there for like 10 minutes like weeping in the audience (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i love superhero stuff are you into superhero stuff
0: um i am sometimes into it yeah i mean i was really into it as a kid as i think a lot of people were Uh and And you um, grew up and i didn't is what you're well (laughs) yes and no i mean i um I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm a little fatigued lately just because, like, uh-huh. it feels like, okay, well, this... I, I, for a while, it was like, oh, this is, like, a moment that we're dealing with, but it's like, no, this is just what life is like now. It's just... Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just consuming <laughs> my life. Um,
1: right. But... And consuming, like, a generation of talent, right? Like, every yeah. actor now yeah. is angling uh, for that multi-picture deal. Right, right.
0: <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm into some superhero stuff. I mean, I saw Guardians. Um, I liked uh-huh. that a That's lot. Um, okay. All right. And um, what did you like
1: about Guardians?
0: I like that. Well, it's not really a superhero movie, I guess. Um, maybe the <laughs> it's kind of like a sci fi, <laughs> kind of like fantasy. Fa- it's more like almost like a comedy Star Wars, I guess. Um, it's yeah. like a Star Wars yeah. that doesn't take itself so seriously.
1: Right. Well, uh, I guess this is the flip side of what you were saying, like as we enter a moment of fatigue, we also enter kind of a mannerist period where it's like we don't have to just make the superhero movie now. We can make like the comedy superhero movie. We can make the Western superhero movie, right? Like the genre is now starting to splinter into like these different subcategories. hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I like I like Guardians. I like the first one more than the second, I think. Um, but again, like I already told you, like I completely black out during fight sequences. So like, <laughs> <laughs> when it turns into a video game cutscene at the end, and they're just like fighting for like ten minutes, I'm like, okay, I, that I'm is over
0: weird, this. right? Like, it's weird how <laughs> the sort of convergence between video games and like, yeah, like film, like fights, I yeah. guess.
1: Like, I mean, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's video games rising up or movies i don't know what it is but uh yeah i lose i completely even wonder woman is kind of i i'm i'm loath to offer any criticism of wonder woman at all because i love <laughs> it so much but it definitely has the same kind of Zack snydery too long denouement at the end where it's like how long are we gonna how many monologues is this guy gonna give how many times are gonna they're gonna like clench their teeth and shoot energy at each other which i feel like has become The superhero movie climax of everything like that was X Men (laughs) apocalypse, where it's just like, ah, I'm gonna shoot yellow energy at you. It's like, oh, I have red energy. It's like, who cares? Like, the story (laughs) is done, and now it's like watching the math finish, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I read something. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but like, if you go back to like A New Hope and you watch the, um, the lightsaber battle like the one lightsaber uh-huh. fight in a new hope between obi-wan and darth vader it means something right like it's yes n- and not just because they're talking it means something because of like the way they move um the the actions that they take um right. and then um, something is at stake yeah like... empire empire same thing um the way that luke mm-hmm. fights vader like the ways that they're fighting each other is like really meaningful and then Jedi so gorgeously shot oh my god yeah i mean that's why empire is the best star wars movie (laughs) but uh and then when you move into the prequels it's like you just have these fight sequences added for no reason and then you have a million video games made of them and it's like like do we need a double lightsaber do we need all this stuff and so that was like one thing that i actually really appreciated um with uh the uh uh Force Awakens was like
1: oh, I love that
0: movie when they <laughs> when they have a lightsaber fight like it actually is meaningful and like the the stances and like the the emotion like comes out of that um and i feel yeah. like the su- superhero movies haven't really a lot of them haven't gotten to that point yet and i feel like Guardians 2 started to get there with that last fight scene and it was right. like kind of like cute like oh he turned into Pac-Man like this is like about who right. he is as a person but like It's still a little, like, just too flashy, too much, like, special effects. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think that part of that is, um, like, a lot of these directors literally, like, they're brought on board for these projects, like, okay, well, we've already, before you even came, storyboarded the major fights. Right. (laughs) So so it's like they don't get a chance to put, they don't get a chance to mean anything. I think Force Awakens is a good place to go. Like, I love... Like, you want to talk about an earnest movie. There is nothing complicated about that movie <laughs> right. like Right, right. Like, uh, and as much as I loved, what was the, Rogue One. I liked Rogue One a lot, too. Like, I loved what he was doing with the, um, like, the Manhattan Project stuff. It was engaging. And I loved how willing to be dark it was. But to, again, like, to live in this sort of space of, like, well post-apocalypse, like, the Empire has taken over, but, like, now what? Like, it is about trying to fight for some, fight your way out of an apocalypse. Um, But Force Awakens, like, the moment where Oscar Isaac is, like, they're flying, they're zipping around in the sky, and he says, as long as there's light, there's still a chance. Like, I I tear up even saying (laughs) I love that. Um, I'm seeing him play Hamlet this summer. Oh, my God. I know, it's in New York. You should go. Now that I have a ticket, I can tell people it's happening. (sighs) Um... (laughs) But he's doing Hamlet. I can't wait. I'm also seeing um, Andrew Garfield and Nathan Lane are doing Angels in America. Can you? Imagine oh my god! I think they're simulcasting that from London everywhere. Wow. Um, Nathan Lane as Roy Cohn. That's going to be crazy. Good. Whoa. Because <laughs> wow. he's he'll bring the camp right. Like yeah, as great as the Pacino performance is, it's not campy enough. You know, you got to have that edge of like of this, you gotta, you gotta be able to see like the glamour queen he could have been, getting <laughs> like, eaten alive by what he became and what mm-hmm. he created. We're still dealing with Roy Cohn's legacy because Donald Trump was his protege.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> How did that happen? Oh, that <laughs> god. Um, I now,
0: I hope you'll agree with me that I think it should be illegal. Um, I think that anyone who casts Oscar Isaac and then covers his face with blue mud or something. Um, oh, my God. They should be sent oh. somewhere. They should be sent to an island.
1: <laughs> I don't... Okay, I really... Like, X-Men was my thing as a kid. I right. like, loved it so much. I still love it so much. Um, the Brian Singer films have their weaknesses. As, like, a director, I don't... He never... He learned how to stage a fight sequence as he went. Um, but I liked those first, like X-Men 1 and 2 are great films to me. Like I actually, I um, I used to take the train to school every day and every day I'd pass the set and I'd like peer through the window to try to see what they were shooting because they shot all of it in Toronto, the first one.
0: Yeah, they shot it at Luna Station. Well, they shot part of it at Luna Station in Hamilton, which is where my high school grad was.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) So you could be, did you take pictures like next to the spot where Storm gets her head slammed against the glass or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, the whole train
0: station thing, that's in this old, disused, rehabilitated train station in Hamilton.
1: That's a gorgeous set. It looks like, um, it looks like Union, but like slightly scaled down. And they shot like, all the Auschwitz stuff is shot in the distillery district. So like for months, it was like flooded with mud. Mm. And I could just like catch a glimpse of it as we passed. But like... As much flack as he got for that, like, it shows he understood the stakes of the X-Men story, right? Like, how do you open this movie? We start in Auschwitz, because that's, like, the great fear. Um, And, like, it's the moment he keeps returning to, like, in Days of Future Past, where we open with, like, a new Auschwitz. It's, like, a new concentration camp. He seemed to understand it, and then X-Men Apocalypse came along, and it's, like, how did you, how did this movie, like, did you even get a say? Like, did the studio make this, like, (laughs) in a boardroom somewhere? Like... Oscar Isaacs is such a talent and they've got him in that blue makeup playing like, apparently they only cast him because he's vaguely ethnic. Like, what? Why would you ever say that out loud, for starters? (laughs) Um, And it's like, it doesn't seem to understand what these movies are about. Like, Apocalypse is about um, saying something about when a culture sort of, what is the natural endpoint of this sort of mutant problem? Well, it would be someone who, gives up on sentiment, right? Someone who is willing to just survival of the fittest. uh, We don't have time to care for our weak or our sick. It's just going to be about us surviving at all costs. And it turns you into the oppressed becomes the oppressor, right? Like that's what that story is for. You don't get any of that in that film. Like there's no sense of like what this story, there's no sense of like what the danger is. Like, again, it has that terrible video game sequence ending where it's just like people grunting at each other, (laughs) shooting energy beams, like, ugh. I'm excited for the new one, though. Like, I keep getting roped in. <laughs> the idea of <laughs> Jessica Chastain playing Deathbird sounds, or not Deathbird, Lalandra, sounds amazing. Did you read the books when you were a kid, or um, were I you was like sort the 90s of nineties cartoon.
0: Well, I was mostly the nineties cartoon. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I never really read comic books as a kid. Like, there were a few times when, like, I feel like my parents would somehow come into possession of like a pile of, of unrelated comics and um the dollar store bag yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm still sort of like there are still comics that i had that i was like what were those characters because like i don't (laughs) like i i think they may have just been short lived. like during this sort of comics boom of the 90s when people were just like anything we'll just publish whatever um yeah there was so much weird stuff that i think has been totally forgotten but um i and then i guess sort of like in my late teens i um I read some books, um, but mostly... I never really liked the idea of, like, buying comics. Like, I mm-hmm. I would buy, like, a trade because mm-hmm. it was like, here's a story that I can read. I don't want to, like, wait... Like, read, like, you know, five minutes <laughs> right. of a story then wait a month for another one. Um, right, right. So that was never really my thing. But I do... I feel like I've known a lot about them for a long time. And now, of course, like, it's just inescapable like you sort of
1: yeah have to you're if you're in the culture it. yeah right. yeah exactly uh no I'm I'm still I have a pull list at the comic book store um <laughs> like I'm still very invested I don't know what it is I I think maybe it's back to the lore thing like I when I was a kid I wouldn't I didn't just want to read the story I was like ooh who's that guy in the background of that scene and like knowing that there was always an answer was what fascinated me is like a world where the story just keeps going and it like there is no end except your own interest like right every character is serving some kind of plot of their own and like they've got too much history too much history has always like appealed to me as like a phenomenon i think it's what turned me to such a tolkien geek back in the day like, <laughs> like <laughs> i love when a writer has thought about it more than you have like he's not just making up some stupid title for like what this tower is called or like what this hill is he's like oh he thought about it for 40 years <laughs> uh-huh. here's the other events that happened at this hill you know <laughs> i really admired that um but maybe there's something there's a completist in me uh, i guess but
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i think there is an appeal to that kind of thing mm-hmm. i'm
1: but i also like i like seeing new kinds of stories emerge like i like seeing like i love seeing all these kids seeing wonder woman yeah Um, i loved like that to me is the best or like um when uh uh what's it called Uh, miss marvel a few years ago oh yeah yeah and like you can just watch i love seeing that happen like a new kind of figure emerges and it gives the culture a way to think that it didn't have before um or even like seeing the gem comics come back
0: did you read any of
1: those they're actually really good they're the, the series is done um kelly thompson just finished it. it's like 26 issues um and like seeing what were when i was a kid just sort of these like flat characters suddenly become fully realized as like um not just like as characters but as like frequently like queer women like mm-hmm. um kimber and stormer are dating and like Uh, Blaze is a trans woman, like just having this happen, like in front of me on the page with these characters that I grew up with is so like rewarding to see, like, again, like watching the culture evolve in that way. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just need to grow up.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. It's awesome. It's so cool. I, um, the one superhero thing that I'm into lately is, um, and again, this is because someone wanted to talk about it on, um on Dad Feelings is this show called uh, My Hero Academia.
1: What? No, I don't know what this is. Tell me it's, everything. Uh, <laughs> it's an anime, um, uh-huh. which I don't
0: watch very often, um, but it is... It's basically a a world where, like, everyone just started developing mutant powers, um, uh-huh. apropos of nothing. And instead of doing an X-Men thing of, like oh, mutants are a metaphor for, like, oppression or whatever. Um, (laughs) Basically, uh, what happens, and I'm not that far in so far, so there may be, like, some twists or something, but what happens as it's been set up is, like, oh, people adapt pretty quickly to this, actually. And um, (laughs) there are some people who use these, like, quirks, as they're called, for, like, their own personal gain. Um, And then there are people who become heroes and the way that it works is basically the government is like okay we have like a licensing program and it's not like x-men where it's like or uh or the whole civil war thing where it's like you have to like register right. mutants registration it's just like okay we have a program where um we will pay you based on your performance in like preventing super powered people from like just like robbing people or like crushing buildings or whatever like oh. Um, it's very like, just like matter of fact, like, Uh oh yeah, of course Uh this is how it works. Um, and, (laughs) uh, it follows this kid who his whole life has like dreamed of being a hero, but like he didn't have a power that manifested when he was a kid. Mm. Um, and eventually he like meets his idol and his idol like gives him his power, which basically like, it's something that he like is passed on through people. Um, and it's like him basically going to school, like going to hero school and like learning oh. how to be a superhero <laughs> um with like all these other kids who have like weird powers and just like dealing with just you know a lot of it's just very like slice of lifey and like i mean i guess it's like a like a right. shonen um anime which Doesn't is like it, an oh, act, okay. action story for like for boys basically but um right. but it's really cute and uh i like so how it, they've done it
1: is it thinking about um these powers in the same way X-Men does, where it's like this like metaphor for like minority culture, or is it? No,
0: not it doesn't doing seem that? to be because um because the thing about this show is that like it's implied that basically every like there's just like a generational shift where like everyone gets superpowers. Um and it's just like very oh, okay. and it's and actually non powered people are the minority. Um and oh, okay. Aside from the main character who doesn't have one at, at, at birth but is sort of granted one later, there aren't really any characters who don't have them. So it's not like doing the whole oppression metaphor, which I feel like is kind right. of fresh. It's, and it's also not doing the like, oh, superheroes are like these um, amazing singular people. It's basically like everyone has some kind of weird power, but uh-huh. um, only some people are going to want to make that their job um right right. and only some people are gonna have attributes that make them good at that like a lot of people are just going to incorporate their like minor telekinesis or whatever into their day-to-day life or into their like desk desk job or whatever um right it's only the people who can like you know someone who can grow giant is probably gonna like become a hero or whatever
1: right yeah i guess that that's that's interesting like i'm interested in what it like what the show is for then like what is it like, what is it thinking about? Like, what do you feel like its, it's thematic engagements are? Uh, if it's not thinking about, like, oh, you're born different, you know, so you have to go to this school, you have to learn from your community. I don't think the X-Men stuff is good about uh, thinking about, like... Like, it sounds like this has better about thinking about spaces of... um mutants whose powers aren't good for combat you know like yeah (laughs) like why isn't that something it thinks about more um like a mutant who's just like uh when i sneeze it's on fire you know like how come that guy (laughs) like like surely they're not all combat based right like (laughs) right Uh, um
0: yeah and like i think the show i mean again i think it is is partly just like a a kid's action story but um but it so far what it seems to be about is like it the, the difference is like i, I don't know because the, the one thing that kind of bugs me about um that always bugged me about x-men and about similar kinds of stories is like well i get that this is the metaphor you're trying to make but like right. irl oppressed people can't just like crush a building with their minds or like the (laughs) option of like oh do we want to overthrow the government and like install a mutant supremacist world that isn't an option so like the fact that you're presenting that as a moral dilemma is totally hollow
1: right Um, well this is the thing about the fact that all these books were created by um like straight white men, right? Like right, because right. invariably in their minds these cultures have sort of an inherent danger in them, right? Like the the fact that the X-Men's greatest enemy is Magneto, who's basically just like slightly more strident about demanding rights is like, yeah. ooh, that's like the big bogeyman, right? Like not the fact that these people immediately turn around and try to crush you. Um, which is why I'm enjoying a lot of this is why I'm enjoying, even though I couldn't, like, in good conscience recommend it to anybody, is Sensate. Did you watch Sensate Um, uh, I haven't. I'm aware of it, though. It's, uh, I mean, it's good about, it's good about a lot of the stuff we're circling around, which is, like, first of all, not making it always just, like, combat-based abilities, right? Like, also their abilities as much a liability, because, like, Imagine dealing with like eight times the personal crises because you're linked in to other people, right? Like, right, right. When someone gets punched, all of them get punched. It's good about that. It's also good about just being in spaces where their their abilities are not being used, like utilized to further something. They're just sort of like enjoying karaoke together or like going to the symphony together. Um, it's not the most well constructed. I think that I think that not enough people are saying no to the Wachowskis anymore. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Their capacity to be indulgent, I think, has become a little high, but uh, I like how, like, joyous the show is willing to be. Mm. Um, and again, like, there's no, like you said, like, there's no way the, this minority culture can, like, take over the world. They're just sort of trying to survive its attempts to, like, squash them. yeah. <laughs> it's okay though, but I can't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I have never watched it for just like totally unrelated uh like garbage reasons. Um but oh, I know I know. Unrela-
1: who- I'm interested in unrelated <laughs> garbage.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're not. No, they're just really petty. Um oh, 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 spill the tea i'll what, Share what? the <laughs> goss with you after the show. Um oh, okay. All but right. <laughs> we we wish the Witch is the best. Um mm-hmm. But um, yeah and like I like yeah like I like this show this hero academia show because like it does seem to be about the oppressed kid is the kid who who doesn't have powers and he's sort of been bullied his whole life and just right. like he has these dreams that because of society are like basically they've been crushed and like his like it's sort of about him like having to f- like work twice as hard as everyone else to like be able to do uh-huh. the same kinds of things. And then finally that paying off. And so I think there is like this, I mean, it is like a story about like Protestant ethic labor and stuff, but like, right. <laughs> but it is also just like kind of a charming story about this, this sweet tender little kid who like just wants to be this, this person who helps people so badly and just is trying to be strong. Um, And I don't know.
1: It's it similar like in a Universe, lot of ways I think. Like... <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I think a lot of the same people uh huh. who like Steven Universe are into it. What it's called, it called My Hero Academia, Academy? which is, is kind that... of a weird name. Um it could just be called like My Hero School or something cuz it's just about going to hero school. Yeah. Oh, I see. Academia. Um, oh, yeah, I see. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you might like it. Oh, you know.
1: okay. I'm not I'm not good at um I need see what I need is you. Like I need someone to be like to curate, like... Oh, I can't tell you that, because or, I have watched I maybe two.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a big anime Oh, person. really?
1: Oh, because every time I try... Like, I tried to watch Attack on Titan, and I got 10 episodes in before I realized, oh, like, this is really bad, actually. <laughs> like, this does not know how to... pay. It looks gorgeous, but it doesn't know how to pace itself. It's, like, needlessly ultra-violent. Um, I think someone on Twitter said it was, like, uh, instead of watching Attack on Titan, why don't you just hit like a bag of blood <laughs> with a chain. And it's like, that's like, that, <laughs> that's its aesthetic. And it's like, it, it took me a long, because I'm, I'm easily seduced by visuals, um, which again is maybe why I'm so vulnerable to the Wachowskis. Like, combined, like Jupiter Ascending combines my latent furriness with my like, empty shallowness about like, ooh, that dress looks amazing. Like, so <laughs> <laughs> took me a long time to realize how terrible <laughs> that movie is. But, um, yeah anime is one of those things i watched like neon genesis evangelion which i think is like the thing everyone watches but other than that i'm not good at it i don't know i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing and i mean obviously the studio ghibli stuff i'll watch all of that like hell yeah i'll watch like corn blow in the wind for a 10 minute shot whatever that works for me
0: um uh, yeah no i'm i am not the best person i just i sort of this is true for all of my cultural recommendations is i've just um really burrowed into sort of this center nexus position where i get all of these signals coming in from from my friends who are like this is i like i have friends who are who are like work for crunchyroll which is like this anime uh-huh. uh uh streaming site and i have friends who are like in the games industry and i have friends who are in literary worlds. and so when they tell me like here are the good things i'm like okay well that's cool and oh. then when they when they tell me 10 more times these are the good things then i'm like okay maybe <laughs> right. i'll look into the thing um so
1: that's really right. been really useful to me but uh yeah, the only thing i've used Crunchyroll for was um uh the new sailor moon stuff oh uh, yes my sister my sister was very into although i didn't i found that I found that they didn't seem to understand what the appeal was of the original series. Mm. You know, like um, having a heroine who's sort of bumbling and sort of really hungry all the time. Yeah, and like, very relatable. They she turned into this sort of like very wan, um, melancholy figure in the remake that I don't understand like what they were thinking doing that. Like take someone so appealing and like high volume and like flatten it out. seems like a big mistake to me. It turned very like sedate. Um, but Mm. anyway, I, I have no, my, my knowledge of Sailor Moon is limited, but (laughs) from watching (laughs) over her shoulder, it did seem like, it did seem like a shame, like to have sort of, I guess Sailor Moon caught the culture at that sort the height of that sort of girl power movement sort of Mm. thing. Like, um, and I guess you can't really, as great as that was, you can't go back to that sort of simple world. The Spice Girls, I don't know, I don't know if the Spice Girls would work again now. Maybe they would, maybe I'm
0: i have to believe they would
1: i i definitely buy a ticket that's for sure
0: (laughs) we all would we all would uh who was your who was yours who was mine yeah oh god
1: posh or maybe sporty posh oh see i was i was all about ginger Uh, jerry is like my hero
0: oh well (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think she definitely acquired a uh, kind of cult following uh, in a way that none of the rest of them successfully did.
1: Well, it feels like she kind of vanished. But yeah, that like that It's Raining Men video was great. Yeah, like... that'll do it. You
0: record It's Raining Men, that'll that'll basically put you... I mean, this is pre-Gaga. So like, you
1: know, we're in the 90s. What? Who else were gays listening to? Like... It was a it was a dark time. I mean, you had to sort of stealth listen to like the Backstreet Boys. I mean, I my my view on this is all skewed because I went to an all boys Catholic school, so like my capacity to engage with the culture was not as high as it might have been. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it was a few years before the sort of Spice Girls knockoffs hit. After that, yeah, uh, the early '90s were. There was like in sync. There was like. I mean, you had you. what you did have was sort of the divas, right? Like the new crop of like Shania Twain and like Celine Dion were hitting. Oh, right? yeah, that, that's true. Um, it's all coming back to me now. Video is like <laughs> the <laughs> moment for me.
0: <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, I mean, there were moments of truth and uh, flashes were, of light. There were,
1: <laughs> there were things I'd never do again, but then they always seemed right. Yeah, well, I hope I hope you would do this podcast again. I would love to do this podcast <laughs> again. This was so much fun. <laughs> um,
0: I think that does basically bring us to the end of the show, but we do have one oh. real segment. We have a real segment, and maybe oh, by the right, time right, this right, episode right, right. goes up, maybe the theme song will be present. <laughs> nope, not yet. Because we are commissioning a theme song from... For friend... the segment? Oh, yeah, it's just a theme song Ooh. segment because um, that's... Yeah, from friend of the show, Samantha Carter... Um, So maybe that'll be in there, maybe not. Um, But (laughs) this segment is called Get Wrecked. And uh, it's a segment where we recommend things to listeners, um, because we have a lot of very interesting people on the show. And um, we end up talking about a lot of things. But um, I think it's nice to get a concrete recommendation for a thing uh-huh. or a practice or an object
1: right. or a place that you are really about, so I can go oh, first practice. or you can go okay. first uh you go first i wanna i wanna hear how you wanna you hear mine this. yeah okay yeah 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 <laughs> my thing this week
0: my uh-huh. thing is going to be a person um Oh. Uh, or the work the work of a person, I suppose, is more accurate. Okay, um, like an oeuvre kind the, of thing? An
1: sure. oeuvre of a person. Oeuvre, yeah. A- oeuvre, yeah. <laughs> gotta use that uh, high school French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, je oeuvre, je oeuvre. uh
0: <laughs> So the person whose work I would like to discuss is oh. named Chris Fleming. Chris Fleming is a very funny comedian who makes incredible videos on YouTube. Uh, you may know Chris from the Gale series, where the, it's sort of this this character of this this very like uh, neurotic, uh, anxious woman. Uh, there's a video called uh, "Company Is Coming" that I think oh, I know you this, may have seen, no. or okay, a lot of people. Um, was, oh,
1: oh yes, Where's like the, the guys like cleaning the house like yes. obsessively. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: that is um, amazing. <laughs>
1: the,
0: also, the most recent video that is actually a song um, is called Polyamorous. Okay. And it's I'm more and more sold incredible. on this. Incredible. <laughs> it's basically just him uh saying like, just because I have bad hair, like doesn't make me doesn't mean that I'm polyamorous and like just it <laughs> just being hit on by like creepy polyamorous couples. Um <laughs> and uh, there's another video called I'm Afraid to Talk to Man from a couple of years ago. That's very okay. funny. Uh, Chris just does like incredible work. And I, you know, I assume most people who listen to this podcast, like I think there's probably a pretty big overlap. But um, right. if you haven't seen any of Chris Fleming's work, uh, just go to youtube.com slash user slash chuntzit. So it's C-H-U-N-T <laughs> Z-I-T, or just search Chris Fleming YouTube, and, you know, you'll find it.
1: Uh, Fleming is F-L-E-M-I-N-G? That is Fleming, correct. like— Yes. Uh, well, I, I've seen that cleanup video, and it is amazing. So knowing that there's more to see, I feel so like There is so much. Also... Yeah. Okay. You're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, should I go? Do I do mine now? Please. Uh, okay. So the thing I'm currently obsessed with, which is like a very me thing to be obsessed with— is uh, Sufian Stevens's Planetarium? Uh, have you heard of this? No. Okay. Do you know Sufian Stevens? Is no. So, like Sufian Stevens was he like he's a gentle oh, little weirdo? Oh yes, I'm no, yes, I do. Yes, no, I, <laughs> I
0: mis, I misheard you.
1: Yes, I do know who we are talking uh, about. It's oh yeah right. I guess it's a complicated first name. So it's S as in Sam, U F as in Frank, J A N Stevens. I mean you you probably. He had like some huge hits. He did that um, concept album where he was going to, he claimed he was going to do an album for, for each state. every state. Yes. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: There He's were done two, I think. One three? two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Planetarium, he went, he did like this, he went through this like electro dance phase um, where he was doing, uh, it was called Age of Odds, where he was like doing this concept album that was based on this sort of um, found artists, uh, apocalyptic manifesto. Uh and then he did an album called Carrie and Lowell, which is uh this sort of mourning album for uh the death of his mother, who um was a very complicated figure in his life. She was the mm. sort of like um she sort of abandoned her children uh when they were young. She has mental illness, had mental illness, which uh the anxiety about which uh has filtered into a into a lot of his work too. Um but planetarium. So he was to- he was touring Carrie and Lowell and everyone knew this album planetarium was sitting on the shelf for when the tour ended it's this um concept album he did with uh a bunch of other composers uh nico muley uh i think bryce desner is the other one but it's um it's basically this like dreamy um there's a track for each of the planets in the solar system um and he sort of does his weird crypto queer uh literary reference stuff with each one so like the track for Mercury, which is the one you should maybe listen to to see if this is the kind of thing you're into, sort of thinks about the god Mercury, but also thinks about him as this, like, lover who has abandoned him and fears has, like, left, uh taken all his, uh, like, taken the best of him with him. It's this great, very dreamy, dreamscape kind of sounding album um full of, like, talented composers and singers. And it's not going to give you any, like, it's not going to give you the song of the summer pop hit, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> But it's an amazing album, and everyone should listen to it. It's great, awesome, uh, great. Well, is that it? Are yeah, we... that's great. That's we're oh, clear. Uh, this was that's so much the fun. Show. <laughs> Thank you so
0: much for coming on. Do you want to tell people where they can find you online?
1: Um, sure. Yeah, I'm at uh, for now. Anyway, if I'm not banned again, when oh this my comes god, up. yeah, we didn't talk about that, but yeah,
0: <laughs> God, Twitter. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, I'm at twittercom Koopa, which is a stupid joke of a name, but it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, m-e-a-k-o-o-p-a as in i am a koopa um or as in mea culpa whatever um and like the things i do sort of spill out from there so like i might post an article uh with birth movies death or whatever but that's the place to find me uh most of the time as long as i'm not banned for yelling at nazis again Uh, (laughs) here's hoping fingers crossed uh mea culpa yeah
0: awesome Fantastic. Well, I will. Um, I will talk to you later, and I hope you have a well, thank you so much for having wonderful you. This was such pride. A um, <laughs> you
1: too. Please go out. And I'm gonna see go some out. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: do it.
1: I'm gonna go out. Check out the Babadook. There's gonna be so many this year. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah. Have a great one. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. 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 Woodland Secrets is hosted by Mary Kay, and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as 3 bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.